0: There are two giants who rule over the world of credit and debit cards, Visa and MasterCard.
1: Almost every credit card, almost every debit card that people have in their pockets, almost certainly they are from the thousands of banks that are aligned with Visa and MasterCard.
0: That's our colleague Anna Maria Andriotis. She says Visa and MasterCard run the biggest payment networks in the U.S., That's the infrastructure that many card transactions depend on. Think of it
1: as a set of rails. If those rails aren't there, the train can't move. If you, the consumer, go to pay with your credit or debit card and there is no network tied to that card, no network enabled on that card, your transaction's
0: going nowhere. You are unable to make that purchase. Banks rely on these networks for their cards, but some have their own networks, like Discover. Discover's network is pretty small. It only accounted for 2% of the $10 trillion in U.S. credit and debit card purchases last year, according to the Nielsen Report. Discover's a competitor, or at least supposed
1: to be a competitor transaction volume that went over its network rails compared to Visa and Mastercard it was kind of laughable. It was basically a rounding error.
0: For years, Anna Maria has thought that someday someone would try to challenge Visa and Mastercard by buying Discover. And then on Monday, your credit card company will soon have
1: a new owner. Capital One will purchase Discover Financial for $35 billion, combining two of the largest credit card companies in the country. The so when I heard about this, that Capital One is buying Discover, I thought, first, finally, someone's doing it. And second, I thought, okay, this is a really big deal for both Cap One and potentially the payments industry as a whole.
0: Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leimler. It's Thursday, February 22nd. Coming up on the show, can Capital One change the credit card game? This episode is brought to you by KPMG. The people at KPMG make the difference for their clients. Talented teams leveraging the right technology to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity. KPMG teams together with their clients working shoulder to shoulder to help grow and transform their enterprise. Are you ready to make the difference together? Go to visit.kpmg.us backslash transformation to learn more. How did Discover get its start?
1: The beginning of Discover really goes back to Sears stores,
0: as weird as that sounds. Sears Roebuck? Sears, correct. Sears. For years, it was the largest retailer in America. And in the 1980s, it wanted to create a one stop financial services center in its stores to do that Sears bought a brokerage firm and later a bank and in 1985 it announced the discover card This is the dawn, the dawn of discover the discover, things... the discover card was innovative it was one of the first cards to offer cashback rewards the discover card puts money in a, whole new a member of Sears financial network But the venture wasn't profitable, and Sears cut its losses. It spun it off in 1993. A few years later, Morgan Stanley bought the venture, and then in 2007, it spun off Discover to be an independent company. As a standalone company, how how did it go? Well, it was okay.
1: You know, it kind of did its own thing. It is located in the middle of the country in, in Riverwoods, Illinois. It was a quiet but innovative company, but not one that was looked at in the credit card space like JP Morgan Chase and Amex and they didn't go after all those affluent customers. Really what they focused on were people with good credit scores who were just like kind of normal people, not super rich
0: just kind of in the middle of that income spectrum. Discover's business was growing. It got into student loans, personal loans, and other consumer products. Most
1: people think about Discover as the credit card lender. But behind the scenes of all that, there is something that is much more valuable to Discover. And that's
0: the network. Remember, the Payment Network is the infrastructure that helps process credit and debit card transactions. And Discover's Network made it appealing to some interested buyers. And why didn't those deals come to pass? One large bank
1: sources there told me that they were not impressed with the capabilities of Discover's Network, that it was outdated. You would need a lot of money to improve
0: and get to scale. It wasn't just banks. Tech companies, looking to start their own payment networks, also wanted a piece of Discover. Tech companies wanted the network, but Discover was not willing to part just
1: with the network. If you want to buy us, you have to buy all of us. You can't just split us up,
0: is what I was told. Why have Discover executives been reluctant to separate the network from the credit card business?
1: The executives who had spoken with me in the past, people who previously ran Discover, said to me that they believed in the brand, in the value of the brand, and they associated the brand with both the network and the lending side. They didn't want it split, and they had the brand all linked as one.
0: But in the meantime, Discover started having some major struggles. So things started unraveling in a very clear and
1: public way last year. There was the departure of Discover's CEO, Roger Hochschild at the time. This was in August of last year. The departure played out as a number of regulatory issues were playing out and concerns internally at Discover about compliance, oversight, And how seriously the company, in general, had addressed the number of issues.
0: What were some of the issues?
1: So last year, Discover disclosed that an internal review found that it had misclassified certain credit card accounts dating back to 2007. What that effectively means is that when merchants were accepting Discover cards at least in some cases, they were paying
0: higher fees than they were supposed to be. Discover set aside $365 million to compensate impacted parties, including merchants. Discover has also said that it's working with regulators to improve compliance on separate issues.
1: They were with an interim CEO for some time. In December, they announced their new CEO. It was a rocky period. So I remember looking at this playing out and thinking wow if anybody really wants to
0: discover this is the moment. And somebody did. That's next.
1: This episode is brought to you by C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at C3.ai.
0: Last year, Discover was in merger talks with a suitor, you've probably heard of.
1: So ask yourself, what's in your
0: wallet? What's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? That suitor was Capital One, the ninth largest bank in the country and a major credit card issuer. Capital One
1: is where a lot of people get their start. With that first credit card, you know, out of college or people who are trying to rebuild their credit and they get these small credit line, you know, of credit cards, $500 spending limit, et cetera. They also have built up their premium credit card program, you know, for those people who, who want to get the travel points. And those tend to be people who are more credit worthy, people with very high credit scores, people that have a lot of money to spend.
0: And how did Capital One get interested in Discover.
1: So my understanding is that Capital One CEO, who's been the CEO since the company launched and has looked at a variety of ways of expanding, transforming Capital One into more of a tech-based company, even from afar, has been interested in Discover, has been intrigued by Discover for some time. So clearly something played out where he felt this was the time
0: to try to do this deal. And what was it about Discover that interested Capital One? So there's three things. There's the credit cards and the customers
1: associated with them. There's the deposit accounts. And by far, the biggest reason why Capital One wanted Discover is its network.
0: In a call with investors on Tuesday, Capital One CEO Richard Fairbank said owning a network was his holy grail.
1: We all kind of uh, revel in the fact that a network is a very, very rare asset. There are very few of them, and it's it's just, uh, you know, I don't think people are going to be building any of these anytime soon because it's such a sh- Its CEO, in announcing the deal, made clear that he intends to compete. Against the other networks, I mean, who are the other networks, that is Visa and MasterCard, basically. And that is pretty ballsy for a bank that relies on Visa and MasterCard as its networks for its credit cards and debit cards.
0: So that would mean Capital One would be going toe-to-toe with Visa and MasterCard. In some spaces, yes. And why would Capital One want to do that? What power is there in owning a network? In an
1: insane amount of power. This is what a lot of people don't realize, especially consumers, because as consumers, right, we care about our points. We care about like, if I have to make a payment, I'm calling my bank, right? But the network set very critical rules in the payments industry that ultimately impact merchants, consumers, and banks. The networks determine something called the interchange fee. The interchange fee is what the merchant pays every time we shop with our credit cards to the bank that issued the credit card.
0: Okay, so... For instance, if I had a Chase Visa, I go to the Gap, I buy a T-shirt, I put it on my credit card, and the Gap, the merchant, pays a fee to the bank?
1: They pay a fee that gets divvied up and that fee goes to the bank. Yes. So you have Visa and MasterCard that are setting fees that merchants are paying to
0: thousands of banks in the U.S., and generally, merchants, especially small ones, don't have a choice but to pay these interchange fees.
1: There is no say if you're a mom and pop shop. There is no say if you're a mid sized type of merchant. You need to be among the largest in the country, maybe even so in the world,
0: in order to have a seat at that table. By owning the Discover Network, Capital One would be able to negotiate interchange fees for transactions over that network. Capital One says some of its credit cards will be put on the Discover network, but it will continue to use Visa and MasterCard for others. But all of its debit cards will move to the Discover network. Anna Maria says that by doing that, Capital One would be able to keep a greater portion of the fees that merchants already pay because it wouldn't be splitting the fees with a separate network. How will this deal between Capital One and Discover, how is it going to affect consumers?
1: I think changes for consumers if they occur would be in the long run. The way that consumers are impacted right now by the power that the current network system as it is, has, is merchants factor in the fees they incur from credit card and debit card payments and often embed those in the sticker prices we all see. Increasingly, merchants surcharge, right? You're paying with a credit card, tack on another 2% to the bill or another 3% to the bill. So Capital One intends to negotiate directly with merchants on fees, on other terms. If it's able to do that in a sizable way, could consumers see some additional benefits to shopping with Capital One cards on the Discover network? Maybe, but that's a longer-term
0: development. The deal still needs to be approved by shareholders and antitrust regulators. Now there's been, you know, a lot of talk around is this
1: antitrust, you know, is this anti-competitive? You know, I, look, on the lending side I can see why there would be a debate. You have one large credit card lender by another large credit card lender. But how do you argue anti-competitiveness on the network side when you effectively have two networks accounting for the majority of share in payments volume and setting the interchange fees setting the acceptance rules if anything cap one could argue that it's trying to inject competition on the network side
0: a spokesman for the electronic payments coalition which includes visa and mastercard said the card market is extremely competitive quote there are literally thousands of banks in america issuing cards and more ways than ever for consumers to pay for their purchases. It also said that this deal would create more competition. A MasterCard spokesman also pointed out that consumers have many options beyond cards, like buy now, pay later companies and digital currencies. Will this deal change the credit card industry?
1: It has the potential to change the credit card industry, the debit and the credit card industry, because this is a powerful bank in payments that being Cap One. It has big ambitions. So the ball is in Capital One's court, again, assuming this deal is finalized and approved. If it truly intends to use Discover's network, To make it more of a competitive force in payments, yeah, it has the chance to radically change the payment space.
0: That's all for today, Thursday, February 22nd. The Journal is a co-production of Spotify and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Lauren Thomas. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.